Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C. I would like to welcome, we got a Brady Bunch today, it looks like. Y'all remember that? That's what the screen looks like. It's just full of people, you know. Marla and Tina and Kate and Kirsty and Lala and Rob and Craig and Paul. Good to have all y'all today. When I started looking at this chapter, at first I said, what are we going to talk about for close to an hour in this? And the more I just listened and looked at it, I kind of used what I think the chapter is about, which is, I think, learning to respond. If you have a problem finding what the will of God, in air quotes, is for your life, if that's an issue for you, I think read, uh, listening to this episode especially may be of help. Because I think what we're going to talk about today is how to move in that direction and what that looks like and the misconceptions we've had. Uh, I know the misconceptions I've had with what the will of God looks like for me. How do I find that? What What is my part? All those things. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I've got, I've got some, I think, some good stuff to share, and I think you guys will too. So if I don't call on you, please use the raise your hand option. If I don't see you, I will keep people muted mostly. But if I don't catch it, just raise your hand. I don't want to miss any comments. No matter how minimal you think your comments are, share them. Share them, please, because you never know. If it's speaking to you in a particular way, it's probably speaking to someone else in that way, too, or it's something that can help them. So, Kate, are you ready to read today, ma'am? I am. All right. Well, I will share the screen. Sixth chapter. First translation. The valley spirit never dies. It is the woman, primal mother. Her gateway is the root of heaven and earth. It is like a veil barely seen. Use it. It will never fail. Second translation. The Tao is called the Great Mother, empty yet inexhaustible. It gives birth to infinite worlds. It is always present within you. You can use it any way you want. Third translation. The spirit of emptiness is immortal. It is called the Great Mother because it gives birth to heaven and earth. It is like a vapor. Barely seen, but always present. Use it effortlessly. The final translation. Tao is an eternal mystery, and everything starts with Tao. Everybody has Tao in them. They just have to use it. Thank you, Kate. I'm going to stop to share the links in the chat if you want to pull that up on your computer. Comments? Yes, Kirsty. Um. <clears throat> I haven't done anything prior to um, the reading. So when I saw it was short, I too thought, hmm, what is this shit? Um, but then um, it, it yeah, I guess for me, goes back to this intuition, this innocent intuition, this consciousness that we are born with that gets skewed. And 
as it gets skewed, as we are conditioned, we then have a choice. We can choose to listen to what it is saying to us, what this like deep, um, probably the part that's buried deep inside of is inside of us is saying to us, or we can just react. And those two are completely different things. And I mean, although it refers to mother, I mean, I did, I did then think about the effect of a mother and a child, but in the way I react, in the way I respond, in the way that I use my intuition and my consciousness, I am, I am as a mother passing that on to my children. And my mother did that to me. Don't hope she's not listening. Um, and, um, and, and so I was conditioned by her ways, by her reactions, by her thoughts and feelings. And I have, I have a choice today whether to react with what I've learnt or whether, what, whether to go with what's deep inside of me. And what's deep inside of me is kindness, doing the right thing, um, helping other people and everything we talk about in recovery, service, etc. You know, the list could go on and on and on and on and on. It's, it is limitless. It is absolutely limitless. And in doing that, it releases it to the world. And I, I put in a text this morning to a group chat. We had a conversation last night on WhatsApp between a group of friends. How are we going to vote tomorrow? you imagine how that went um but my response my finishing response this morning which just came out of nowhere and just came out of me was i have nothing but a desire to create a microcosm of kindness in this world that then just makes a small effect to those people that are closest with me the future is my child my child would vote green i would not vote green but actually i think i'll probably vote green because it's her future. Whoa, there's my answer. And that came from nowhere. It's kind of in the moment of if I overthought something like I was doing last night, Jesus, I was getting more and more into a mess. I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't understand anything. Whereas I woke up this morning with a bright kind of almost, I don't know. I didn't, I'd let it go. And in responding the way I did, I apologised for some fairly harsh comments for some of my friends, and um, and then I did said what I said, and that was it. That's hey, all Kirsten, done in that, what I heard was let go and respond. Yeah, I did too. I didn't hear push, effort. I've got to make it happen. I've got to change these people. You know. It wasn't that. It was the opposite of that, of what, you know. So these things you're talking about, if we note that, it's a response, not a push, not mm -hmm. a force, not a formula. Marla? And piggybacking on, on Kirsty is this idea of our intuition. Is Our intuition is really something we often ignore, but it, that's what's going to lead us to our authentic selves, if we follow our intuition, which was given to us by essentially mother nature, um, that's, that's us leading with our, our hearts and our souls. That's us leading 
the way, the right way, doing the right thing, being available to other people, responding rather than reacting, um, and acting also with creativity. Um, well, you're acting with love, love, Marla. Yeah. Your love is creative. You know, it's, it's ever-expanding, you know. Yeah, it is ever-expanding. Um, and it's constantly fulfilling itself. Yeah. How about in this third translation where it said the spirit of emptiness? Is that not the spirit of emptiness? It's the spirit of lack of agenda, mm-hmm. the spirit of openness, this opening your heart idea, which at first I thought was so uh, woo-woo. I thought, there's no, I don't want a part of that. You know, that's not me. You know, that kind of a thing. Uh, use it effortlessly. Everybody has Tao in them. They just have to use it. And the use is not injecting it into your formula or praying for God to bless you now instead of, you know, whatever, you know, or you having this, now you have a different agenda, but you have the same agenda, but a, a different background for the same agenda. It's not that at all. You just lose the agenda. Um, Craig, you've got something, sir? Yeah. When I was reading this, it kind of reminds me of the second step. Um, and I was, I was just flicking through we agnostics just to try and find the part in the in the Tao translation it says um, da, 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 it's always present within you you can use it anytime you want I can't remember if it was a big book or the 12 and 12 where the, the, they're talking about the people coming into the idea of God or a higher power a power greater than yourself it always says there's, there's a part of God in everyone um, when I was going through we agnostics the other day um, I started replacing the word God with Tao just to try a little experiment because there's there's some people I'm, I'm dealing with at the moment that have got kind of like a, a little hang-up, a little bit of hang-up of the God, and I tried a little experiment with them, and um, I've actually done this with Buddy before. Buddy says, um, replace the word God with something something more tangible like love, faith, hope. Um, I'd done this the other day with, um, with something, I replaced the word God with Tao, and I find it worked quite well as well, because the Tao can be a, a source that's, that's, that is more powerful than ourselves. Um, I like the part where I was talking about the emptiness. The emptiness is important because as, as long as we're empty, we've got room for everybody else. We've got room for more things that can come our way. Um, and I empty myself by passing things over to my higher power. I can pass things over to my sponsor. Um, I can... To, to people that are in a, in a in a place that are better suited for what I'm doing. If it's something financial, I'll hand it over to my wife. If it's something spiritual, I'll hand it over to my sponsor. And by doing that sort of thing, I keep that emptiness within myself. So I'm I'm, I'm consistently available for for new things that come up. Just people that are struggling in general. Um, the there was something else. It's like a vapor, barely seen, but always present. I kind of thought, when, when I was going through agnostics, I kind of had the discussion with somebody that I kind of thought that I'd been rejected by God or a higher power, not realizing that he was always there all the time. It was myself that had kind of turned turned my back on him. I'd, I'd fell out with my higher power. Um, and just rereading that part about the vapor being always there, it's kind of like your higher power. He's always been there. Um, he's just kind of waiting for us to waiting for us to come back to him or her, as you understand them. That makes sense. Yeah, thank you, Craig. Thanks, Craig. 
Anyone else? Uh, Rob? Yeah, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the difference between intuition and a knee-jerk gut reaction. Uh, one of my trips to France, um, the French don't understand that diesel is not green. So I put the green in a diesel, and in France, that's regular gas. And so I got to spend eight hours with a BMW dealer. I, I rented a car. I didn't want to get the Beamer, but I had it. And my intuition or my gut, I don't know. This is where I get, I get tied up. My gut reaction was just pure rage anger. <laughs> you know, this is, I'm on a schedule. I got to get this done. And I made, um, you know, this was back in my drinking days. I, I just made a fool of myself and, you know, I had a amends to make and, you know, just that. So I don't know. I'm going to open it up, see if anybody can help me understand the difference between intuition and just a human gut reaction. Comments? No comments? Yeah. I mean, okay. uh, your gut, a gut reaction is, um, is not a response. Intuition is a soul deep kind of feeling your the depth of your comes from the depth of your soul and anger often is a feeling it's it's just a feeling it's not um it's an emotion it's not something from your soul so much it's more of a reaction to extenuating circumstances around you does that kind of Am I making sense? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of understand it, but not really. I guess I'd use the word that's your human reaction to, to the, uh, the situation that you're in. But if you remove yourself, I always think of the Tao as like the third person. If you remove yourself from the situation and can look at it as a whole from their point of view, from your point of view, from the the kind of world point of view and take yourself out of it. You see what their situation and their circumstances are. And it's not all just about you. So I would say the knee jerk is more human, human, your, your point of view, but yeah, it's hard to, uh, hard to kind of put into words, I guess. No, that kind of made sense. Yeah, it does. Lala. Um, For me, if I start looking at that, Rob, all of my reactions or responses, whatever tag you want to put on it, all come from either fear or love. So my gut, a lot of times, my gut's full of fear. I'm going to respond with a way that I'm supporting that fear. Um, If it were me and I was in that situation, I would be angry a lot of times because maybe – I was afraid of looking like I didn't know what I was doing. I would be afraid of being this dumb American. I would be all those fears that would go with that of not being enough, of them thinking I'm stupid. You know, all those things would cause me to react in anger. Um, that, for me, uh, if my response is causing angst or any kind of fight, it's probably coming from a place of fear instead of a place of love. So, um, and I have found that 
when I respond from love is not something I have to push or contrive or or really do anything with. Really, all I have to do, for me, it's kind of like, have we talked about the merry-go-round in the will of God before? Um, okay, this is kind of the way I'm thinking about this. What if we thought about the will of this, instead of the God of our understanding, it's really the God of my misunderstanding. If is this merit like this merry-go-round and as we start letting go of our fears and dealing with our character defects working through the steps we come to believe that god does have this this uh, will for our life that's better than anything we can do within ourselves we start getting closer and closer to this merry-go-round we let go of the stuff that blocks us from even getting close to it we might can see it but the more we surrender, the more we learn to walk this walk, the closer we get. Now, we get close enough, and then we can just step on like the merry-go-round's the will of God. Well, what, what you do on a merry-go-round, obviously, we've all, I'm sure, gotten on a merry-go-round before. You just look for a spot to step on. You can't step on anywhere, but there's spots around. And there's not one spot. There's lots of spots you can step on a merry-go-round and if you miss a spot you see a spot you want like a pretty horse you want to get you just wait and it's going to come around again there's no shame in missing the step you know you just wait and it comes around again then you step on right you didn't you're not making the merry-go-round move all you're doing stepping on when you see a place and if you miss it no big deal it's going to be back around and, you, you know, you don't give the kids a spanking if they miss the step, the, the place to get on, and they have to wait again, you know. <laughs> you don't shame them because they didn't step on the merry-go-round in the right spot the first time if there's something particular they want. You know what I mean? That's so ridiculous sounding. But for us, with, the, with this will of God that we, in air quotes, that we think about, I've shamed myself so, uh, do I turn right or what do I do? What do I, you know, and then I miss it, and then I'm like, Oh, I should have done this. What if I did, you know, all of that. I've learned just to step on. And if I miss it, no big deal. It's going to come around again. But the point is to be close enough to step on. And that that's kind of the way I'm looking at this, Rob. It's a response. It's not something we've got to contrive or make happen. And it's an ease of life, like the stream, you know, that when we're floating down the stream, how much effort are we really putting out? Not a lot if we're just floating. And I look at this in the same way, that we, we're learning to float is what we're learning to do. We're learning that we don't have to kick and strive and push. We can just float. And learning how to do that is, I think, what this is about. Craig? When you're talking about the, are you responding from love or fear? Um, am I trying to respond from a, a, a way that I can control the outcome? Am I? I think if if I'm if I'm having a gut risk a gut response, I think if you look at the fear, I'm looking at controlling. Whereas if I'm looking at intuition, I'm looking at is it more of a spiritual response? Am I doing something for somebody else? Am I doing something for the proper right reason, not just the reason that I think's right? Nine times out of ten, the reason I think is right is because it, it, it's going to benefit myself. Um, that's that's how I so I think one's a physical response, the other one's a, the one's a spiritual response. You know, and ultimately a spiritual spot response does benefit us, but it benefits us in a way that really helps us not benefit our pride or benefit our ego yeah. or a response really that's all about us. 
Yeah. The, the, you know, the, that's the difference. It's I hard to see at first the difference, too. Yeah, the, the spiritual response might not happen there and then for you, but it might come back in time. It may, may come back to help you in the long run. Yeah, good. Thank you, Craig. Kate, you got something there? So I was going to say, uh, in this verse, in the second translation, it says, it is always present within you. You can use it in any way you want. So I was thinking in terms of having this reaction, I feel like the, the te- this text is saying, you know, we have the choice to have whatever reaction you know, we can react in whatever way we want. We could have that angry reaction. You know, we could yell at everybody in the car place or whatever. But it this this guiding force is present within you. If you I feel like I have to take a step back when I'm having emotional reactions like that and say, Is this how I really want to react? Is this how I is this really the right way to be reacting before I that's something that I've kind of learned in my recovery instead of just straight up reacting right away I put a little bit of space between when I want to react and when I actually take the action and I feel like I feel like the Tao of this Taoist chapter is is saying that we have that choice where you can use it in any way you want. You have that choice of how to react, but you know, it'd be good to react with the Tao that's always present within us. Thank you, Kate. That's good. Another thing, Rob, if you're by yourself and I would only do this if I'm alone and I'm really out of sorts about something and I know I need to get right size, but I see it happening and I don't know how to change. I see myself going there and what do I, how do I stop this? You know, because I, it's almost like I'm a third person and I see myself getting angry. You know, if I'm by myself, if I can stop, take a few deep breaths in through my nose, out through my mouth, smile, force myself, force myself to smile I know it's a cheesy ass look and not nobody's seeing this. It's just me, but I can see myself with this pitiful made up smile. Right. And when I do that, it all starts softening. You know, the, it just, then at times another practice very close to that is forcing yourself to laugh at something. I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but and I would only do that by myself, Kirsty. Sometimes, some of the darkest places have lifted because we have laughed. We, as a family, as a couple, as a married couple, with my parents, because we have a very macabre sense of humour, and sometimes. When it, the end, when sometimes when the end of world is nigh, we can end a really profound conversation. I'll make a funny quip, and we'll roll around the floor laughing, and that is that just breaks everything, and a new foundation is set on which to build a. I don't want to say a better reaction, just just to start again, 
Um, because our house is based on laughter now. We try, we do, we get angry, but we turn it around quickly. And wherever's possible, it's all based around laughter. Um, but um, I want to make it clear that that's genuine laughter as opposed to genuine laughter amongst ourselves as opposed to for another person or against another person. Mm-hmm. It's fun. That's good, Kirsty. Thank mm-hmm. you. Rob, does that uh, answer some of your... Yeah, I think the, I think the big... Um, I, there, there was a phrase that I've heard for years and I never understood it. It's not how you... Your, your personage, who you are, is not how you react, it's how you act. Or is that backwards? backwards. <laughs> it's back backwards, I think. Backwards. It's how I react and what I choose to how I choose to react, not how I how I appear to be to people. And in that situation, as I look at it, it really was fear. We were, it was the first fill up from the rental station over to my in-laws, and I had my brother-in-law, and everybody was there. So, <laughs> and Jean-Lou, you could just see him just roar. I mean, he did. He, We laughed about it later, but it really was fear, and then it was being late, and I had a timeline, and, you know, it's just everything, right? And, of course, there's no way to hide it because we're six hours late, and my, my mother-in-law, Evelyn, had, you know, everything prepared, but... Um, if I had to do it over, if I even walk away from the situation and meditate and, and breathe, I didn't have those tools. I'm just getting those tools. This is all new to me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of a, a novice. So this, this helps. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Lolly, you have something there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think what I was going to say is just the timeline of that human gut reaction is shorter in recovery. Um, and like Rob said, we have the tools now, you know, the key was that was in his drinking days. And I remember my drinking days, I would hold on to the anger and all these things for so long. And, you know, the whole thing of resentment is drinking the poison, expecting the other person to die. Whereas, you know, in recovery, you get these tools so that, the human reaction's there. The gut reaction happens for me now, like, you know, immediate go-to response. But I now have the tools to remove remove myself from that in a much shorter amount of time. And, you know, we are human. So I think it's, it's only natural to have that response. And I think it's important to recognize that we, we, we have that response but to um, be able to cope with it better. Thanks, Lala. That's good. I have a couple of notes from the Jonathan Starr version. Uh, One is that part about it gives birth to infinite worlds. The Tao uh, is the base from which springs all creation. All all creation comes from the Tao. Then the other thing is that... uh, where it talks about we can use it any way we want, Kate. Another translation of that is use it without outside uh, coercion. So nothing external, no external coercion. So, and that's what you're talking about, Rob. You were externally being affected. Your peace was taken by what was going on outside of you. 
And it's saying that you can react from within without the external effects. And we, we all see glimpses of that, I know. And we start responding in ways that where we used to would have just been, we would have been the, the dog wagging the tail. I mean, we were the tail. I mean, we were just wagged wherever we were taken by what was going on externally. Now it's the opposite, you know, and we see it at times. And that's what you're talking about, those tools. And for me, I can still lose it and I can still go sideways at times, but it's much less often and it's not as bad. And I get back right sized quicker than what I used to. I mean, my wife and I were fussing a couple of nights ago and I got externally coerced, (laughs) got pissed off, you know, and, but I responded much quicker. It did not get as bad. You know, there wasn't door slamming and door locking and, you know, you know, all the stuff where you, you know, buying tickets and then having to cancel them, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, you know, it didn't get that far, not even close to what it's gotten to before. You know, and it was a 10-minute ordeal when it used to be a multi-day ordeal. So that's progress, you know, and that's kind of the way I look at that. So, uh, and the other thing was without external coercion, then you can call on her. She will always be there to give. That's another translation. Using it effortlessly uh, was to call on her. She will always be there to give. And something Craig reminded me of, well, he's not here to hear I'm giving him acknowledgement. Craig, I'm acknowledging you on something. There you go. Yeah. Um, try on some of these, taking the word Tao and replacing it with the word love and see if it doesn't still make sense. You know, we do that in the steps sometimes where you take the steps and take God of our understanding and replace it with love and see how much sense it makes. And it makes so much sense for the majority of the steps, you know, well, you know, love removing our shortcomings, you know, our, you know, that, that just, that makes sense to me. That makes so much sense. So replacing Tao with love. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Then you could, you you can replace the steps, love, good, truth, all those things work. All those things work and see if you don't get a new understanding of, of a new enlightenment on, on how you can apply that. And the same with the Tao, same with the Tao. Any comments? Okay. Let's, um, you know, I think the real question with this really is how to use it, how to make that transition from, um, from being all caught up in ourself to being empty and being able to use this effortlessly. Um, the Wayne Dyer, Marla, talks about that. It has some really good in the verse, the Wayne Dyer verse. His verse? Yeah, his verse. Let me, let me get it it's up. Certainly on a lot more comprehensive than the, first few that we read yeah i think so too i think so too i'm going to share the screen for that so let me start uh wayne dyer the spirit that never dies is called the mysterious feminine although she becomes the holy universe her immaculate purity is never lost 
Although she assumes countless forms, her true identity remains intact. The gateway to the mysterious female is called the root of creation. Listen to her voice, hear it echo through creation. Without fail, she reveals her presence. Without fail, she brings us to our own perfection. Although it is invisible, it endures, it will never end. Let's, let's, Let's talk about this verse a little bit. First of all, it's the spirit that never dies. Always available, like we talked about from the other verses. The soul. Yeah, this is this is the what I see as the love of God, the the this power in the universe that we misunderstand much more than we understand, and my access to that power is through how I love people, and and in turn loving people, I learn to love myself. You know, now listen to how this is written that that our job or our part in this. Listen to her voice. Hear the echo through creation. Okay. What do you have to do to hear an echo? What does it take to hear an echo? To become empty, basically. You have to be quiet, first of all. Yeah. yeah. Become empty. Yeah. Be quiet. Oh, there's a... That's an important thing I think Marla just said is, you know, I've, I worked in sound for so many years. Um you know, with movies and music, that you can't act, you can't have a reverb when there is the things in the room. You know, like behind Buddy, there's a thing keeping us. So the emptiness of the room is what's necessary for the echo. Made a lot of but, but at the same time, as well as the emptiness, as well as the stillness, you need to have something to echo. A back, yeah, walls. Yeah. That's you good. need to have something to echo. You know, you don't hear an echo if you don't make a sound. Um, right. But also, if you have things in the way, that they absorb the sound rather than yeah. reverb. So you got to, which leads us back to emptiness. It could be, all of it works. <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, to, to listen, we've got to understand that we need to listen. Because my big, one of my big problems is that I I can go into situations thinking I have them figured out. And if I go in thinking I already know the answer, there is no listening going on at all. I'm waiting on you to finish so I can tell you the correct answer. (laughs) That's you, buddy? No. Can you believe that? No. You only see me an hour a week, Marla. I've got a bunch. I don't want to count up how many other hours there are that I. (laughs) Y'all see me at my best, my very best. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any any comments on that? Uh, Is anyone else? We all like that. We're all like that. Yeah, yeah. Aren't we? Oh, absolutely. I'm like that all the time. I'm a smart ass. (laughs) Hi, Dave. Oh, Dave's like that, too. Yeah, me too, me too. (laughs) We always are forming what we're going to say while somebody else is talking. Just, it's nature, our nature. Has anybody ever sat in a meeting worrying more about what they're going to say rather than listening to what what people say, you know? (laughs) It's so easy to do. So I guess the first point of this thing is maybe I don't have all the answers. 
Maybe I can learn something from you. Maybe you have the answer that I need. And look, this is saying um, here it's echo, here it echo throughout creation. So creation is sending you a sound. It's not saying you make the sound. Craig's burning up. Go ahead, Craig. What you got? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So who who just says you sit there worrying about something to say? Was it Kirsty? What? Somebody just says you're sitting at a meeting wondering what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, it was me. Yeah, if you're sitting there trying to say something to impress a group of drunks and you really need to up your game a little bit. (laughs) That's where I've got to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so creation is sending us this sound. Creation's talking. Now, are we going to quiet down enough to hear the echo of what creation is saying. Now, creation is not just the birds and the trees and all that. I think of creation as you guys, too. We're all part of creation. So but for it, me, Kirsty, you guys something? I'm struggling. I'm struggling because an echo is a natural reflection of what, sound is being made yes so the idea of creation yes it's a reverberation of what we have or what has been going on around us or what we have produced it's not our production well according to this okay okay we're listening for that from others this is me this is me with my science head on right 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 so and and you can you can change it into a philosophical approach if sure. you want. I mean, the idea is it it's a you, it's a it's a, um, a uh, it's a talk back from what you've said. Okay, so you're listening to what you've put out there, and maybe you can view that a a reflection, a time to reflect. You've almost kind of got a view of you've got this opportunity to hear something coming back at you, which then feeds into your intuition. Your intuition goes, poof, oh, I should do it differently next time, or that feels right, or I don't know. But the idea of, of, of that being a creation, yes, it's a creation, but it's a creation based on, for me, being, I struggle because for me it's a, it's a physical um process if you understand that's kind of where i have difficulties with the echo and an echo being a creation it is a creation but it's i don't i struggle with it i struggle with the idea of it being a spiritual creation well for me it's all spiritual i think you're thinking too much about it yes i am i think if you just to her I think if you, you're trying too hard, see, that's the whole part. That's the whole problem with it is okay. we try too hard all the time. <laughs> so we, you know, I remember, you know, I want to know the will of God. So I'm going to sit there and read things. It's going to tell, Oh, I got to do this and the formulas and work all the stuff. Oh yeah, I can do. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> can I quiet and be empty enough just to listen, just to respond. I have learned in the last couple of years, especially when I don't know what to do to do nothing. 
in a decision. So I just put off the decision unless I know exactly what to do. You know, every time I do that within days, weeks, whatever length of time, the right decision shows itself. I can hear the echo when I surrender the idea that I've got to force and push and make it happen. And that's what this says. Without fail, the Tao reveals itself. Without fail, she reveals her presence. Without fail, she brings us to our own perfection. Okay, let me pull that back up for you. The second paragraph might clarify a little bit for you. The mysterious female is always birthing, and the Tao Te Ching speaks of the gateway to her as the quote-unquote root of creation. It's telling us that we have the ability to tap into this unlimited field and co-create, or as I said, live creatively through the Tao. The never-dying formative energy is both our heritage and our destiny, functioning whether we're conscious of it or not. What awareness accomplishes through practicing the Tao is to let us participate in the process, which in turn leads us toward the wholeness that is our ultimate earthbound task. Is this any different from the love of God in our life? It's the very same thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Very, very same. And And I also underlined this one. When you're in touch with the energy of your origin, you offer the world your authentic intelligence, talents, and behaviors. You're co-creating with the you that originated in the Tao with the very measure of your essence. The Tao is not confused about what you create and how to go about it, as this is your legacy from the mysterious feminine. Listen to your inner callings. Ignore how you might want to direct your life energies. I'm sorry, ignore how others might want to direct your life energies and allow yourself to radiate outward what you feel so profoundly and deeply within you. There is a reservoir of talent, ability, and intelligence inside of you that's as endless and inexhaustible as a Tao itself. It must be that way because you are what you came from. And where you, come, where you came from is this all-encompassing, endlessly creative divine mother, the mysterious feminine of the Tao. Yep. How about the the Hafiz verse? Do you want to read that? Um, that too. Um, above that, it says, be creative in your thoughts, in your feelings, and in all your actions. Apply your own uniqueness to everything you undertake. Being creative means trusting your inner calling, ignoring criticism or judgment, and releasing resistance to your natural talents. Reread the sixth verse, paying particular attention to these words. Without fail, she reveals her presence. Without fail, she brings us to our own perfection. Then choose to let go of the doubt and fear you've harbored within you regarding your capacity to harmonize with creative power. As the great 14th century Sufi poet Hafiz reminds, us, reminds all of us, just sit there right now. Don't do a thing, just rest. From your separation from God, from love, is the hardest work in this world. Yes. So our part in this 
is really just to rest, just to listen, just be open, just respond when we see it happening. And it's said over and over in all the different spiritual practices. My Romans 12 that I like in the message version of the Bible says, when we see God doing it, we offer our moment. And when we see God doing something, we just respond. That's all we do. That's the very same thing we're talking about here. So what this is doing for me is just teaching, is getting me ready to be able to do the will of God in my life. Just tell me how to approach all of life. Approach it from this place of effortlessness, this place of rest, this place of emptiness. Uh, you have anything more in that you want to talk about, uh, Marla, or are you good? Um, yeah, that, I, think, I think that's good. I like this I last. Yeah, I, th- I like this. What are we supposed to do? I like this right here. Uh, it says, today, spend a few moments with a young child, contemplate his way, his or her connection to the Tao. But this is the part I like, how it unfolds perfectly without any interference. Yeah. Unfolds without interference. And children are innocent. Children yeah. until they are I don't want no children children are born innocent. They have an innocent um in innate quality about them until they um until life, <laughs> until life hits them, yeah. And so this idea in that final bit about sitting and doing nothing and resting is almost incomprehensible to most people nowadays it's been awful the last few days just take out everything else just sit and do nothing (laughs) um yeah dangerous but actually what it's saying is to rest and resting for me is doing something because it takes some work for me to rest because i if i'm just laying down Let's say if I think of resting as laying on the couch. Just because I'm laying on the couch does not mean I'm resting. Resting is a state of mind. It's not a position of my body. For me, I have to do more than than lay down, you know, if I'm thinking of that as resting. So it has to go back to to what this verse said, really, which was just listen. How hard is it? How much effort does it take to just listen for an ego? I mean, ego. Echo. (laughs) (laughs) I have to get my ego out of the way for sure to do that, you know. But, you know, um, about the just resting in yoga, the last pose is Shavasana, which everybody loves because they think, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go take a nap. It's actually the hardest pose to do. Because of just this reason, you're asked to empty your mind and listen to your body. And most people just have the hardest time with that. Just most, most of us have a really hard time with it. It's just resting and, and just emptying the mind. So I think the question for today, let me see if I got any notes I did not cover. Uh, no, I talked about that. Um, the Tao reveals in this, not us. So we're listening to creation. We're not creating there. We're just listening. That's our effort is to be able to hear. 
So I wrote some notes down. Oh, cool. What you got? Um, the soul is the root of all creation. To realize our soul, everything is created from the soul. Oops. Every thought, emotion, and feeling flows through the soul. Our personality is constantly changing. We are evolving towards the perfection of our, of our soul. And when we understand this truth, we accept with humility moments of life and understand that everything that happens contributes towards that evolution. You know, how much we have misunderstood what life is all about, right? You know, how much have we misunderstood what our part is? And this is mm-hmm. about getting right size with our part. You know, so any closing comments? Tina, you've been quiet, dear. You have anything to add today or are you just enjoying it? No, I I loved it. I just kind of left it as, as that. I mean, it was such a short, simple, simple thing that we complicate things because that's what I do. Um, I really appreciated Rob's question about the difference between... Yeah in your intuition versus a reaction. And my main question that I ask a lot is what's the difference between my will and God's will? And am I just manipulating the way I do to make it my will? So, I mean, these are like huge questions and huge, huge things that have been answered for me in like the smallest verse so far that I've read. So that's what's so cool about it. It is, isn't it? It's just, it's just so simple. Yeah. I think the next verse, chapter 7, explains a lot of what we just read as well. I mean, exactly, because the, the seventh chapter is, we're getting the ground ready in the sixth chapter, and the seventh mm-hmm. chapter is showing us really how to, what to do. So stay tuned for stay next tuned. week. Thank you, Marla. And that's, you what I love, and that's what I love about the steps, the steps, too. They say they're in order for a reason. It's not yes. just pick one and work on it. You know, that there is, a, there is a flow to all of this, which I love. They do make sense that way. They make better sense when they're done in order. Anything else or we're all good? We'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.